0: Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey.
1: Thank you, Gary, and welcome everybody to another exciting, I'm really, really thrilled about today because this interview is just over-the-top awesome. Our guest today is one of the most recognizable actors in the world. Richard Kind has done nearly everything everything in his career. From Spin City and Mad About You to Pixar's Inside Out, his quirky characters are now a part of pop culture. Kind can deftly switch between quirky comedy, oddball loser, and even searing villain, and literally everything in between. Richard was kind enough, sorry pun very intended, to spend nearly an hour with me and just talk. I hesitate to even call this an interview. We talked about life, about the fears actors face, and about the journey on which character actors in particular embark. If you're an actor or even a director or writer, somebody in the arts, I guarantee you will glean something from this chat. It was so freaking cool. Top 10 for me, for sure. I do not want to wait another second. This was so awesome. The hour will just fly by, I promise. Here now to let us get inside his head, our interview with Richard Kind. Richard Kind, welcome to Talk for Two. How are you today, sir?
2: I am well. I'm very well, oddly, in these horrible times. I'm doing all right.
1: Staying isolated, staying inside. What do you? What have you been doing?
2: Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I came back at the beginning of the thing. I came back on Friday, March thirteenth. Yeah, having been in L.A. at a charity golf event, so I was like two thousand people shaking hands, everything. Then I went on set, so I'm with God, you know, hundred and fifty different people and two airplane rides. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to get sick, and so I stayed in my apartment for five weeks and my family away. And uh, five weeks later, I said, I'm probably pretty good. And I've been very smart about it since.
1: So are you in LA? Are you in New York? Where did you end up? I am
2: in in New York is my home. I'm lucky enough to uh, share a very modest beach house with my sister. Mm. Uh, But her family, who usually goes down there for a long time, I just said, look, we can't be in New York. It's, you know, the charm of New York was being on top of each other. <laughs> and now that's the devil. Yeah. So so we have to be away. And uh, so I'm in Margate, New Jersey. I've come out. My, my son's best friend is in Southampton, New York. Oh, wow. So we've come out there. And that's where I am right now. And they've all gone home. And I knew I was going to be talking to you. So I stayed here. I had rehearsal for a video, a Zoom reading that I did. So here I am.
1: Is that the parody of Tiger King that you're going to be doing?
2: No, it's not. And I haven't heard from Andrew in a while. But I think he's writing it. You know, he's taking his time. Nobody's going in here.
1: No. So I want to go back to the beginning. You you have played so many different types of characters, heroes, villains, oddballs. How did the love of acting get started for you? Where did that start for you?
2: I got to say, it's probably with my grandparents who lived in New York and they took me to Broadway shows all the time. So they took me to Broadway shows and my mom loved old movies. So while my dad was sleeping, my mom was in bed. I was at the foot of the bed on the floor and we would just watch, you know, uh, uh, old movies, you know, on channel nine or channel 11, you know, Saturday night at the movies, stuff like that. Uh, And I used to, I just still do. I, it's like, I know, movie trivia Mm -hmm. i never uh knew about what goes on behind the camera what a good sound guy does what a good editor does what lenses are which but i loved the glamour and the trivia of movies so i knew all the character actors and i the same thing with broadway and i would go to new york on my own and I'd see Broadway shows. On Saturday afternoons I'd see MNA and on Sunday evening I, I, I I'm sorry Saturday and Sunday I would see two shows every day, have Nathan's hot dogs for dinner, go to the drama bookstore and Sam Goody was the record store and that's what I did. That's yeah. so how I fell in love with it. Never thinking I would be an actor. Never I was always supposed to go into my dad's business, and be a lawyer. But I tried it and it worked.
1: <laughs> well, drama bookstore, I went to Pace in New York and uh, I was a theater major for the first year uh semester of my uh we were always at drama bookshop we were always there it's coming Uh, back isn't uh, it
2: i don't i have no idea are books coming back (laughs) yeah i don't know um (laughs) you know i i happen i don't like everybody says oh i miss holding a book and i'm you know the, the feel of a book and no, I use uh, an iPad or uh, or my phone, or uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I'm an I'm an electrical reader, a, a, a Kindle. My eyes are bad now that I'm old. Um, I'm not a fast reader, uh, and I don't like to. One thing I don't like to turn my light on at night mm-hmm. because if I fall asleep, uh, then the light stays on. So if I'm there with this lit up pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just drops over and I fall asleep, and I don't have to worry about uh, uh, the um, book bark. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's just what I am and and i and I love books I love to read, so it's not that I don't like books. I don't like physical books where some people do.
1: yeah, so now you say you were supposed to be a lawyer, you ended up acting. How did you fall into it? how did that how did that happen?
2: There's a story I've told a lot of times. My dad's best friend yeah uh lived uh one door away from us and he was over one afternoon watching football we're all we're watching golf whatever it was and i had, was going to graduate i had graduated or was going to graduate northwestern so it was probably uh yeah it was uh, it was spring break probably and he just uh he, you know i was accepted to law school and he said give you love it you love acting give yourself one year because if you don't uh or maybe it was in 11th grade uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, I was a, a junior in, in college. He said, "If you don't do it, you will. Uh, you'll kick yourself all your life." Mm-hmm. And so I tried it. And I, I, you know, was I good at the beginning? I don't think I was. Now that I look at young actors and uh, you know, any kids from eleven until twenty-seven, uh, I knew nothing of what they did. I was really probably bad. I, I like being. I, I liked being loud and I liked the attention. Uh, and it took me years to become a, a good actor. I might've been funny. I might've been entertaining and fun to look at, but I don't think I was any good. I became good after about age 40. And <laughs> Second City, uh, Second City helped. How so? Uh, being on stage every night, doing it over and over. you, you, you ha- And the audience telling you what you're good at, what makes them laugh, what they enjoy about you. Uh an idiot who doesn't learn. An idiot has to be somebody who doesn't learn from being told every night for four and a half years uh how, what what they're doing and what is good about them. Yeah. And being on stage and just doing it over and over and over and over, you 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 know, making it interesting for yourself, making decisions when you go out and improvise. Mm-hmm. It's it's good for you.
1: You have had so many roles though in your career and nobody can seem to pin you down for long. You're always off doing one or the other. Do you like it that way, or, or do you wish you could...
2: Um, I got a couple of responses to that. Number yeah. one, when I was a kid, dreaming of being an actor, knowing that I wouldn't, but I always remember Adam West and uh, Carol O'Connor saying, oh, I can do more than, than Archer. I can do more than Batman. I don't want to be pinned down. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic, and I really took that to heart. The second thing that I remember is, you know who Joe Flaherty is from SCTV? Mm -hmm. If you look at everybody from SCTV, they pretty much all let you in to who they are, their personas, or uh, a bit of their humanity. Joe was a purer actor, Mm-hmm. He really delved into what the character was, and you rarely saw who he was. Sometimes it happened with Eugene Levy, but after time, Eugene Levy became an actor who was who let you in. Marty uh, uh, did not do that, but all the rest of them, you knew who John Candy was. Yeah, uh, Catherine O'Hara, even uh, um, uh, uh, um, Dave Foley. Uh, uh, Dave, well, Dave Foley—that's kids in the hall. Did. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's good. He really did, but um, um Andrea Martin, yeah, he even did, and and that's uh, I'm not a good enough actor to be like Joe Flaherty. What I, who I am, it comes out. Mm-hmm. I wish I were Daniel Day Lewis. I'm not. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I always like to challenge myself. Let's see something different. Let's let's go back and listen to Carol O'Connor and not do the same role and be known for it. And everybody said when I was doing Spin City, oh, you're the breakout character, you're the breakout. I don't want to be the breakout character. I want to do the role and not be so famous for it. And I succeeded. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So I did it. I hope I did it well, but I'm glad I didn't become famous for it. The bad thing is, is Hollywood can be very myopic. And what they see you in, that they thought you were great in, is what they will choose to uh, to to have you play. So during the time of Spin City, I was the nebbish, the the weakling, the uh, uh, y- you know, I'd, and so I was always a weak character. Then I did Serious Man, and everybody saw me as the the Jew, <laughs> and uh, you know, although you know, there's no denying how I talk and that I'm East Coast and stuff like that. You know, I did a movie for Clint Eastwood where I played a Greek guy. Yeah. And whenever I see Clint Eastwood, he calls me the Greek, (laughs) which is as far from being the Jew as I guess you could get. So I like to do different things. But when you do TV or movies, there are consequences. And it's tough for them to take a chance on you. You do a play, the economic consequences of failure are not so great. So I get to do a lot of stop bar plays. I got to be a very, very strong evil character in a Broadway play uh, uh, called The Big Knife by Clifford Odets. Mm-hmm. So I get to do various things when it's on stage. But if it's in movies or TV, they, uh, they have blinders on. They only see what I can do. And so it's... Uh, it's, it's tough sometimes.
1: Well, I'd but say for you, it's if I may say as a fan, because I am a big fan of your work, your personality, I think, is more versatile than maybe you're giving yourself credit for, because there's the villainous you, there's the oddball you, there's the heroic oh, Brent, you. Yes. You Brent, know. That
2: I mean, I think I'm a decent actor. Yeah. It's just, that, it's just that, Matt, you're not casting things. Right. You're interviewing me. Casting people should... I get a blood transfusion from you and learn. They 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 should hook up to your brain and say, "Well, I got various sides to me." Yeah, it's it's just tough. It's it really it. But Hollywood's always been that way. Yeah, it it, it has. It's just always been that way.
1: How did you deal with the instability going from project to project, having the successes that you've had? Because we talked with Patrick Duffy on this show a couple weeks ago, and he kind of has the opposite view. I'm Bobby Ewing. I'll always be Bobby Ewing. It was a gift, and it's a gift that keeps on giving. You have the opposite approach. You've done so many things. How did you deal with that instability as an actor? I don't. Really?
2: I don't. It's, it's horrible. Um, every time I get a role, I truly think somewhere in my brain is this the last job I'm going to have? I it's um, I and I and uh, uh, somebody once said, looking for work is the work. When you get the job, that's your vacation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I have been lucky. I got to admit, this pandemic is the longest I've ever gone without work. Yeah, and I still am working, but I, I without a paying job, and uh, it doesn't get easier for people in my business as they age. With me, it's not so bad because I am a character actor, but still getting that steady work. Like I I really would like to do another TV show for three or four years. Yeah. Have 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 the job of the stability and I'd like it to be a single camera show. Um if it's a, a sitcom or something, oh yeah you live with it and it's fun. But I, I happen to like doing uh single camera shows now, which is something that I used to not like. Uh, and how do I deal with 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 it? My friend Hank Azaria once asked me, "Do I ever say no?" And I don't. I take everything. Mm-hmm. I like everything. And in every medium, I've done operas, musicals. I've done uh, you know sitcoms. I've done turgid dramas. I I I, I like doing it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and you know what. I'm going to say something that sounds like I'm bragging. I'm good enough now not to be bad. Yeah. I still work on being great. I'm not always great, but you know what? I'm never bad anymore. You know, I'm always reliable. I'll always... I've tried to meet the the, the text halfway, try and be realistic. Uh, So I'm not going to be bad for you, but... uh, Getting an opportunity to be great, that has to come with uh, a great script, a great director, the people that you're working with. And I have been lucky to do great things. Some of them you've seen because yeah. they've been on film. Many of them have been on stage. Is
1: is greatness achievable or is that a moving target for you? Tell me a role that you think that was great. I won't think it egotistical. I'm going
2: to be honest. Yeah. And it made me look at acting in a funny way. Yeah. I was working with great material. I had a great director and the story was great inside out. Yes. It was, it was great. It was great. And I, 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 was, I was great. It's it's when I listen to it, when I see it, uh, the 10 uh, the tenor of my voice and the words that I got to say, mm-hmm. I, 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 I thought it was great. During the scene where I disappear, where I die, I, I give myself up, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Um, when we were doing it, I must have asked to do about 20 or 30 takes. I said, just give me one more, just give me one more. Let me do it one more time, just just once more. And I realized that in the moment, there was a purity that I felt that was so good that I couldn't cry because I'd be tipping my hat that that's not my job it's my job to make the audience cry but I felt it so much I felt myself giving of myself even though and here's the thing uh, is I am not Big Bon I'm
0: mm-hmm.
2: just not I never will be in much the way that Daniel Day-Lewis will never be Lincoln <laughs> despite and what he, he wanted people to call him on the set <laughs> And he, they're going to they're going to I'll say, call me, Mr. Lee Lincoln. And you know what? I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take a carriage to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he really gets in there. But he will never be Abraham Lincoln. He's not Abraham Lincoln. He's Daniel Day Lewis. There's not a bullet in the back of his head. He lives in the year 2020. And uh, he doesn't live in 1864. He doesn't. Right. So, great. So, perfect performances are unachievable. Yeah. As an actor. But, uh, but you can get close. Yeah. And yes, I I think that you I think trying to give a great performance is that's that can be achieved, and you 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 try for it as much as you can. And of course, Lewis... Succeeds at every turn. Mm-hmm. But, honey, you're not Abraham Lincoln.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, and another great role of yours, and this is the role that, that I was like, you know, I should reach out and talk to you, uh, because it just, it, it was so layered and so wonderful. And I'm even forgetting the character's name, and you can kill me for this later, but Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> Stargate Atlantis, your character on Stargate Atlantis, where you have the potion...
2: I think i think of the I think of the character. Lucius was his name. Yes, Lucius. Lucius, and, I don't know the last name.
1: And uh he comes from the world and he has the potion and it makes people like him. And that was so layered to me because you were well meaning, but then you you got this potion and it was this cripple for you and it became your power. That was a great performance. How did you feel about that one? Because I was like, Whoa, that's layered in ways he probably um, doesn't even realize.
2: Uh uh yeah do i you call it layered i call it i i played pretend that's all i do i'm a child (laughs) i played pretend here's this guy i know who the guy was because i think i had either played it before or this this was i I was on the show twice yeah um the writing is good they knew what they were doing it was a a rich character was fun yet i'm in a drama uh when you go and you guest on a show, a lot of times the way that they... It's it's somewhat easy because you get to reveal who you are and nothing about that character ever came before. you, Unless, okay, maybe, maybe you play a character that was talked about, but this guy wasn't. And you're a guest and they have to unveil you. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. You discover it along with the writers. And I always say... I hope the writers uh, wanted a double and I gave them a triple. Yeah. That's what I, what, what I always hope. Sometimes you, you're lucky, you give them a home run. Uh, on that one, look, you're talking about years and years ago. Yeah, I know. By you knowing Stargate Atlantis or Stargate SG-1 or whatever it is, um, you're nerdier than I am. <laughs> so you watch that stuff. Uh, I'm going to tell you that 99.9 percent of the population doesn't know what you're talking about, uh, and it it was a gig. Yeah, it was me uh, having fun, and uh, they wrote it well. And I like to give layered performances. Do I think of them as layered? I don't. I don't go in and say this is the layer I want to give. This is it. Mm-hmm. I just say how. W- I had a teacher who once said. If kids are in the playground, play you know, small kids playing uh, Christopher Columbus uh, discovering America, they don't say to Queen Isabella, "Listen, um, how many ships do I have, and what kind of or, or or you know what what kind of sailors do I have, and how much money?" They just go out, and they play pretend, mm-hmm. and, that, and yeah. that's what it is. Now, doing some research is good, but I play pretend. That's what I do. And and all of the information is usually in the script.
1: Do do actors get bogged down in method? Because I went to acting high school and that's all it was in the junior and senior year. Method, method, method. And I'm just like, let me go. Let me do my thing. But trying to think about it scientifically. Do do actors get too bogged down in that?
2: I, 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 that is a truly person-to-person question. I yeah. certainly don't. Yeah. I certainly don't. However... I read the script really carefully and make decisions, even with punctuation. Punctuation informs my character. I know that sounds crazy. And then if a director, if I walk on set and a director gives me a direction, he better know what he's talking about. It better not be haphazard because I've made my decisions and I'll get into an argument with him and I'll say, no, 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 look, Right here, it says, or earlier in the script, it says, or why are there three ellipses? I think that, or I don't want these three ellipses. I want to end the statement there. The author seems to be writing it off. I don't want that. I don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. So I will make decisions because of what's on the page. Yeah. Okay. This is what informs me. And through that, I make my decisions. Yeah. And uh, do, are, they, are they method? for me no but god almighty when you're great at method and you can really get into the person and and, and the character you know get get all that emotion through whatever ways you want to be my guest yeah you know does a kid do it I don't know whether a kid does it Mm -hmm. but you know you tell a kid actor that their dog died they're going to cry and that's method Yeah. or you have a kid who knows exactly what needs to be played and how the scene should go. He doesn't have to think of his dog. He acts it. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I didn't get to watch it. I watched the trailer, but Augie, which will be my, I'm going to watch it this Saturday. watch it. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. What drew you to that script? That seems off the beaten path, even for the diversity of the projects you've had. What drew you to to Augie? Because that just looks like a career performance for you.
2: First of all, what really draws it is they offered it to That's first and foremost for any actor. What is my want? I, I, I want to work. Yeah. I want. I want to be challenged. I want to. Now, could I do this role? I absolutely knew who this guy was. I have jokingly on many interviews, while they've been there and while I was on set, I said, "Why in the world did you pick me to play this role?" I. I I know I can do it. I know who this guy is. I know I can play it, but I don't know how you knew that I could play it. As a matter of fact, this guy is right in my wheelhouse. I had a very easy time playing this part. Everybody goes, "Well, how did you talk to her?" Do you have to, you know, you'll see it. It's about a guy who falls in love with an augmented reality. Yeah, um, it was simple to me. It's it's and and. How did I come to it? I, I swear to God, I, I, uh, I didn't have trouble with it. It, it came to me very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my question was, how did they choose me? What is astounding is we shot that in 10 days on a budget, I'm going to tell you now, $85,000 wow. to make a movie eighty five thousand dollars see those are my favorite
1: kind because they feel so real right
2: they they do but yeah some as some do some don't these guys were very good yeah they knew exactly what they wanted they uh as directors and as producers they knew exactly what they wanted uh the cast was shockingly good Uh, uh susan blackwell playing my wife was wonderful um uh, the, 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 my daughter, my the, the the girl who played the augmented reality, they, they they were all wonderful. I can't remember her name right now because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the script was pretty good, and I'll tell you with that script, because they couldn't hold money over our head because we had paid a pittance. What what we did, and it was really a lovely thing. I wish that more more things could be done this way. The producer produced. Produced the movie in his town. That's where we shot it, where he grew up. Mm -hmm. Much of the crew and the shooting of the movie was done at his parents' house. Yeah. They had a nice size house and with many bedrooms. And It was in Connecticut. Uh, An old girlfriend or best friend of the producer, their parents were angels. Wow. They had three bedrooms for us, extra bedrooms. They made delicious meals with delicious wines every night. After work, we would go there, we would have dinner, talk about things, and then the three of us, the woman playing my wife, the woman playing my daughter, and myself, we would go in the next room, we would run our lines, we would memorize it, we would change the lines, this doesn't work well. The writers were very good, but they did, their dialogue wasn't great. We helped put into our mouths what felt good. And uh, movie's not bad. It's just not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little European. They take, you know, there are long shots from long distances with no cuts. Yeah. A little languid for my taste, but it's like a it's like science fiction. Look, you're gonna like it because it's science fiction. <laughs> it's oh, really good. Oh yes. It's fun. Yeah, you'll like it. It's a very, it's a real B plus indie movie. Story's pretty good. It's uh, it's uh, uh, what's the word? It's uh, a derivative of uh, the movie Her, but mm-hmm. it's different enough. It's like a it's a Black Mirror episode that's twenty minutes longer than than uh, than a Black Mirror episode. But that's what it is.
1: So you've been in all genres, as we've been pointing out. What do you watch? What do you watch?
2: I usually don't watch sitcoms anymore. Did you see Babylon Berlin? No. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like what everybody's watching on uh, Netflix and Amazon. Did you see uh, Red Oaks?
1: I know of it. Yes, yes.
2: I encourage you to watch that. I'm very proud of that. Yes. That's uh, uh, 26 episodes, half hours. 26, half hours. It's lovely. Babylon Berlin is not lovely. Ozarks is not lovely. Killing Eve is not, but they're really well done. Yeah, and uh, Babylon Berlin has a has a. Uh, th- th- there's another good one that was recommended, a French village. Have you heard of that? A small French village. No. Supposed to be great. Yeah. What do I watch? I I do that. I have to go to the movies to see the all the Avengers movies because I have a 15 year old boy, in the past eight years that's what my life has been. <laughs> and I, I I call them 16 dollar naps. Uh, <laughs> I, I recognize how great they are. And they are great for what they are not for me but I recognize how great they are and why don't they just have me come in as some sort of bookkeeper and just <laughs> let let me live my life in in the comfort of of a big paycheck I love that it's all I ask people no. that's all I ask. well
1: and well what about playing real people like Rudy Giuliani't that great that was actually
2: right he was interviewed by Pierce uh, Pierce Morgan today. Yeah, did you see it?
1: No, I didn't. Did he mention you? Oh,
2: it's very funny. Um, uh, it was. Look, am I good in the role? Again, I gave a fine performance. What is great about my performance is the makeup, and that everybody knows who Rudy Giuliani is now, and they laugh at him. <laughs> so the recognition. I gave a very serviceable performance. I'm um, very good. There are better people who could have played Giuliani, but I, in those scenes, again, what was in the script, uh, I don't play him nuts. I certainly didn't play him like they do on Saturday Night Live or yeah. anybody who does Giuliani. I played, I played. What? why is he in that scene? What does he do in that scene that helps move the, the movie along? Right, that can help the producer, the the director, and the writer tell their story. Mm-hmm. And so I did that.
1: Yeah. Now I know we're almost at time, but I got two more things for you. Number one, uh, by the
2: way, I got plenty of time. Okay. I don't know whether, whether you're going to edit that. Well, off, I always, I sure,
1: I always, I always ask. I always want to be respectful. But <laughs> no, I got,
2: I got plenty. Of time. Well,
1: since you got plenty of time, I'll kind of lean into this thing. Uh, you won't remember this because it was half a second. It was during May sweeps. I'm certain. I'm near certain you were either going or coming from Radio City Music Hall about three or four years ago. We met on the one train. I just, you were over there, you were looking down. I'm like, that's that's Richard and I walked over I just and very timidly went Richard shook your hand and you got off at the next stop I'm like oh my god I hope he didn't get off cuz I recognized him <laughs> but uh, you're among the people in New York when you're in the city do yes, you get recognized do you get recognized a lot does it bother you when people come up to you on a train cuz if that bothered you I want to apologize now <laughs> but
2: um couple of couple of ways to answer that it comes with the territory yeah anybody who doesn't think that it doesn't uh, when it stops is when you really, really viscerally hate it. Yeah. Um, if it stopped, I wouldn't be so upset. I got into this business to be a movie star, and I stayed in it because I love acting. Uh, I'm certainly not a movie star. Every, um, um, fame is way overrated, and great fame is prison, mm-hmm. and people... Don't realize that. But I lay in my bed when I was a kid and I dreamt of being a movie star and the greatest gift I ever got was I never became a movie star. It's a great gift. I am friends with movie stars. It's awful. (laughs) Flip side is often I get bumped up to first class or business class. Um, Often I get a reservation uh, or get a free dessert or a free glass of wine. That's all great. Um, What fame does is gives you access to other and better roles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes to better money, but sometimes I've always thought that sometimes the best money, uh, the more the money, the worse the project. You get like, you know, a small little project, you really get to act and you get to, to do your work or you do stage. Now, Uh, Being in New York, you know, people don't immediately recognize me. You know, I'll often be walking down the street, and somebody will be passing, coming the other way, and they stop themselves six feet, and I just keep walking. (laughs) So that's good. They don't expect to to see me. Uh, Also, i got to live my life. Between the hours of 3 and 5.30, that's when a subway becomes a school bus. Yeah. If, they, if one person wants to take a picture or they got – that's when it becomes awful. But yeah. But I don't get bothered that much. Yeah. And people don't exactly know me a lot. And I'll tell you something else. Once you're off TV, it doesn't take long for them to forget. Right. It just doesn't. Uh, so uh, it's, it's not that bad. It just isn't that bad.
1: It sounds like, and this is why I love character actors and it's why I love you. It sounds like what you're saying, and I can so understand this, is it's better to be famous for your versatility than for one thing. And I would say you're famous for your versatility and the fact that you can do well, it all.
2: I think so. I mean, I like it. But yeah, but but I didn't set out to be famous for my versatility. I set out, I, like I said, I now I, I, I set out to be a movie star right soon found out anybody who wants to be a movie star means they want fame and money and do not get into the business for that because you can count on on two hands the people who can do that and and are stars um i later found out that it's that, that the challenge is fun and you gotta understand i love i love to work and Producers understand that about actors. Yeah, this a true actor. This is their sustenance, mm-hmm. and maybe you can fight for more paycheck. But that producer knows if you're they're giving you a good part. All you want to do is act, and I really love to act, and I don't say no. I usually take everything. At the end of July, I'm going to be filming. A, a guy wrote a, a 22 page script. We got a grant. He's making a pilot. I don't know whether it's going to work. But I get to play an ex-private uh, eye who's now a bail bondsman. This is great. So it's serious. I know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a little bit of Robert Forster. Mm-hmm. By the way, that that is a lot of times is my go-to is I start looking at who would I cast knowing as much I do about movies. Who would I cast in this role? Certainly uh uh Robert forster from uh jackie brown uh are there guys from uh midnight uh midnight run which uh, such great characters uh a little bit of that and then a little bit of me I'm not a chameleon you're gonna get a little bit of me so and then I have to ask because I haven't spoken to him yet i've only by email I have to ask the guy who wrote it and directed it and is directing it. Why did you choose me? Mm -hmm. And now he's going to say, oh, because I love your work. I love it. No. What do you love about me that you see that I can bring to this character? Now, everything I really need to know is in the script. But in order to serve him, I got to ask him, why me? Mm -hmm. See, on TV, usually... I know why you chose me because I did the same thing in Curb Your Enthusiasm or, hey, you you, you saw me mad about you. Oh, Christ, don't make me I'm just mm-hmm. getting paid a lot of money. That's all you're doing. You're asking me to do this job and let me get paid. Okay? Yeah. It's the same old. Uh, can we curse on this? Yes, please. It's just shit. It's me <laughs> making money so I can put my kids, I can dress my kids, I can feed my kids, I can put them through a private school in New York. That's why I do it. But so I don't have to ask, why did you ask me to do it? But certain times, oh, my God, when I have to say, why did you choose me? That's and sometimes it's because I can help sell a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'll recognize that.
1: Yeah. Commercial viability. Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. But it's something like this. He, He wants me for something that I have. Uh, and he's worked with another actor, a wonderful actor named Robert Clohessie, mm-hmm. who's a great actor. Great. And he's worked with him like three, four times. I can see him doing this role. I can see him doing it better than me. And I've got to ask him, why didn't you choose Robert? He's so good. I- I'd see him in this role. Robert may not add the geniality that I can bring to this guy. Yeah. But he would add the tough guy. He would add the detective, the private dick, the, uh, you know, the bail bondsman guy, he'd be perfect, but he may not be as genial as I am right. in this role, which is something that I see in the script.
1: Do you still, all these years later, all of these successes later, are you still insecure? Insecure? Oh,
2: my God. I, I, I say I have a huge ego and so little self-confidence, and I really need uh, patting on the back after each take by the director, and I must teach myself, stop it, you don't need it, why are you asking for it? You know, I, I worked with Woody Allen this past summer, and you certainly don't ask him for anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, he's legion for saying that, and yet twice, I got it. Yeah. It killed me. It killed me. Once was after after a take I think he said, well, that's perfect or that can't be done better. Something like that. He said, he said, he said, he said that. Yeah. He goes, well, that, that, that's perfect. That. And then I was with a lot of actors around the table and I did, did the thing and he came out of the, uh, what's called the, uh, the, um, uh, the, what's the tent called? The circus. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Is that the, it's been so long since I worked. So he came out of out of the, the, the little tent and he was smiling. Yeah. And everybody goes, never does that. He never smiles. He never comes <laughs> out. So another compliment. They but they, they I mean everybody said that to me. We never see him come out of the mm-hmm. out of there. Uh so that's two compliments. I'll take that.
1: Do you worry that if you say no to work, the work itself will go away?
2: Absolutely. I remember the first job I ever turned down. Uh and and I uh I, I thought I'm tempting the gods. Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid that, that I will never work again. Yes. Nobody's ever asked me that. I do think that. Part of it's superstition. Uh, part of it is, how dare me? How dare I turn down work when other people are are not working? How dare I?
1: Well, what's striking to me is how comfortable you are talking about all of this. Because I know several actors, including character actors, who are more comfortable in the skin of their characters then they are talking about the work.
2: I know. I was raised in the retail business. <laughs> my dad was the same. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, it's who I am. I, I, and I would have been pretty good in the. Re- I, I hear something else. Uh, my, my dad was the best salesman ever. He was yeah. great, but he sold really fine jewelry. Mm-hmm. And he, pardon me, he believed in his product, and he taught me about that. He goes, "What I'm selling here." is my competition is Tiffany's and Cartier.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: People could go in to New York from Princeton and go to those big stores, or they could trust their local jeweler whose uh, uh, product and his inventory is every bit. They comes from the same uh, distributors mm-hmm. as Tiffany and Cartier. So it's every bit as good. It's do they want to go to Tiffany and Cartier, go into New York, or go down to the Diamond District, or trust my father. Yeah. And they, and my dad could sell and I learned that from him. And so if I believe in something I can sell it.
1: Yeah. What is your advice for actors? You've lived a thousand lives as an actor. You got to have some morsels in there.
2: I got you know I I speak in these cloying pithy uh, um uh, statements all the time. There's a word for it, you know, but uh you know these bon motes of, of advice. Okay, the, yeah, platitudes, yes. Yeah. I, can get pretty, I can get very, very haughty in my way of doing it, and I don't mean to. I mean, like, where you just, you know, your listeners may just go, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> just take it easy. But uh, here's something I do, uh, a couple of things. Yeah. Number one, do plays. Mm-hmm. Always do plays, because quite often TV is all about uh, getting the, the day, what's called the day, that we finish the day. You got to show up on set and memorize your lines and be able to finish your day. And that really is the goal sometime of all the actors, much less certainly the people uh, who are writing, you know, who are producing and writing and directing the show. You got to make your day. With a play, you can rehearse. Mm-hmm. You have the luxury of rehearsing and really delving into a character and then doing it night after night after night. Maybe not for a year, but even two weeks, three weeks, a run, making mistakes, learning things as you go along so that you know the questions to ask yourself when you get a script and you have to be on set and you have one day to shoot it because there's always the awful, the ride home. The ride home is the worst thing is that you've wrapped, you go home and then you just and you're reliving your day and you go, oh, God, why didn't I do that? Why did, oh, I just thought, oh, well, that's what that line meant. Oh, I could have gotten a laugh there. Oh, why didn't I play that underplay? All sorts of questions. And that's why I often tell people don't become an actor because if you're really a good actor, you're always second guessing yourself and asking, why didn't I do that? The other thing that I will tell actors is the journey is fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a war. It's not a battle. You want to be an actor all your life. You don't want to be a rich, famous actor for six years. Then you're canceled and you're nobody. If you love acting and you get into it because you really love to act, the journey is great. Patrick Duffy, first of all, he's a terrific actor. Yeah. Though he's always Bobby Ewing, he's made his career pretty good. Yeah. And that's what you want to do. He's a little curse in that he is always Bobby Ewing. I keep wanting to say Patrick Ewing. He's always Bobby Ewing because that's what brought him the most fame. Mm-hmm. But you have days where you know that you're better than what you're known for. Then you are better than just Bobby Ewing. Yeah. Bobby Ewing bought him his house. It bought him his car. It gave him a lot of great things. But his career... He's able to act and act and act. That's Mm -hmm. what gives you your your sustenance, and and that journey uh, should be long, and I bet it is even for Pat uh, for um, uh, Patrick. Yeah, Pat, um, you're getting him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. However, um, um, you you know Woody Allen and and, uh, Neil Simon always said they're most fun. Yeah, was when they could go to Central Park and look at the people and then they could. not They can't look at uh, and observe that much anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So don't worry. Don't become a star so fast. Don't get an agent so fast. Uh, you know, don't don't become rich so fast. Enjoy the journey because you're going to find that when you hit it, it's not as much fun as you thought it would be. Oh, There are plenty of fun things. The the journey's, journey's fun.
1: Mm hmm. You know, another role popped into my head, and since we can curse on this show, and I'm not calling you this, I'm calling the character, that beautifully
2: asshole well, well, lawyer. Oh, when I was fuck shithead?
1: <laughs> no, the, the asshole lawyer that you play on Law & Order, who's just so aggressive and so wonderful.
2: Guy. Thank you. I, I think that guy's great, and I keep wanting them to bring me back uh, and make me a regular. I really want to, to – I, I I love that guy. I thought yeah. he was great. Yeah, I thought he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I thank you. I like it too. I don't hear that much from anybody about that, and I know people uh, people like the show, but yeah, I, I haven't heard that much. But I, I, I do like that guy. He was terse and talk about haughty and Phil. You know, yes, I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I loved it. Well, and they write well. They know how to write for that.
1: They do. And it, the great thing about Law & Order is they know how to bring people of your of your caliber on oh. for those little quick things. Like it's like, wait, Richard Kynes in this? So he's going to be in the whole – oh, no, it's just the trial scenes. Like they're so good at just yeah. teasing you with these quality, quality people.
2: And I've been on the same show in like three or four roles. Yeah, One, I played Doris Roberts' son. That was fun. Uh, I played a judge. Yeah, I played. uh, I played a lawyer. I played a guy, a businessman who was uh, 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 who took a young, uh, underage Russian hooker into the back of my limousine. Yeah, you know, and all on the same show. I I love that they do that and they can,
1: uh, Mm -hmm.
2: and they will. go over the, the bounds of what's, what's the word that they they cross lines. Well, if there's they,
1: a repertory company on TV, it's law and order because they do that all the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah I think it's great. I, th- I think it's great. And then when people say, Oh, well, he wouldn't do that because eh, yes, he would. Yeah. Although some fans really do hold a character's Bible, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he said in an early uh, scene or an early episode that he didn't like steak. And now he's in a restaurant eating steak Okay, you know, I, I, I license—that's what it is, license of, of believability.
1: You mentioned that, fa- you mentioned fans. What do your fans approach you the most about? What do you hear the oh, most?
2: Oh, it's it, it's uh, that one. I can tell you that it is where I am and who's coming up to me. Jews, of course, like serious man and curvy enthusiasm. Um, people in the uh, between Ohio and Nevada like me for Spin City. People now in their fifties and sixties love me for Mad About You. Yeah, uh, uh, kids love me for Inside Out. They'll know me from uh, kids in their twenties. Love me as Even Stevens. Uh, it's so many different things. Oh, the gamblers who knew me from Luck. Yeah, uh, uh, the um, the kids who were. I guess between nine and 14 uh, knew me from Carol Burnett show. Uh, It's, it's just so different. And then, and then people who, you know, the the video files come up and they love me from, uh, uh, from serious man or, or Argo, things like that. So it's, it's nice. Then I got people who come up to me. I'm I'm out in the Hamptons. uh, I'm on the board of a theater in the Hamptons where I've done about four or five plays. And they always come up because of the plays, yeah, you know. And, and of course, I'm much more emotional about the plays. I put my time in and rehearsal, and then we do it over and over. Plays mean a lot to me, and usually, I get to stretch my acting muscles, so that means a lot more. And then, of course, I get the people who were at Second City, you know, who saw me at Second City, yeah, or or you know, saw me in, in the producers on Broadway. It's it so it matters you know, who they are, if they're urban, Jewish, young, old, I I really get them all over.
1: Good. Now I do promise the last two questions. Big R, retirement, stepping away, not on your, not on your sphere?
2: (laughs) Never. I plan to go to LA, play a lot of golf and be available at any time. And I will be so upset if I don't work for the rest of my life. And yeah. I really plan on doing plays mm-hmm. because you do a play. The, the bad thing about plays is, is that usually it's a year of your life. Yeah. And as you get older, those years become more precious. But I have to keep my brain facile. I have to keep, you know, I did producers. I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. So I like working hard, and I think working hard keeps you young. So for that reason, I'd like to do plays. But I, like I said, I like to be a one-man repertory company.
1: Yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this. It, it seems like an, an, a question that is, should be obvious. This will be how we wrap it. But what haven't you done that you want to do? What are you waiting to get the call for?
2: Um, everybody asks what role I really want to do. I really never had them. I never do. And when I get the role, and it's really great. I say, well, why didn't I want to play this? Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, a, a play that I know you you probably have never seen, a great play by Tom Stoppard called *Travesties*. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of it?
1: I know of it. We studied we studied him uh, in you my study, high school. Stoppard. So. Yeah.
2: It's a great play. Very hard to understand. And when I do a play, I don't just find out about my characters. Usually if it's a really great play and you get to delve into it, you'll learn so much about life and about the time and everything like that. But that one was a real academic lesson because it's all about uh, Lennon Lennon and Oscar Wilde and uh, uh, James Joyce and uh, um, uh, 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 who else? Uh, Tristan Sara, who you know, the, 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 it's, It was great. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot. And trying to make sense of what I was saying. Because Stoppard's so so smart. So that is the role that I love doing. But the one role that I really want to do. And I've even asked Tony Kushner about it. Is I really want to do Roy Cohn in Angels in America. I really do. You'd be really, perfect. I, I, I really do. And I was asked about two summers ago. Uh, to do it because I did a reading with Tony and I knew that they were doing it in London and Nathan did it. Nathan was so good. Oh my God. He was so good. Uh, And I said, listen, Tony, if you ever hear of anything of, of them doing it anywhere, let me know. And they did. It was in Washington at the theater that it was originally done at. There was no way I could do it. I have teenage kids. I would have been there for eight months and I wouldn't have seen them when I, I couldn't see my kids, and I would have made no money, and I still have to pay for their private school. And theater is a luxury. Yeah. You do theater, you lose money. You just lose money. And I, I couldn't do it, but it is my dream, and I, I had to choose. It was my kids, or do I go and do my dream? I had, to, I have responsibilities. I had to do my, do my kids. People say, oh, you'd make a good Willie Loman. I actually want to play Willie. Mm-hmm. I, n- I never did. I-, I do. I really do. Uh
1: could anybody touch uh Dustin?
2: Oh god, people touched and, and overshot him. Yeah. Well, you got Lee J. Cobb, who is on TV and you can see what he did. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dennehy I saw, he was fantastic. You know who I saw? Hal Holbrook. God, he was good. Uh Dustin. I, I, I mean look I, I, I happen to love Dustin Hoffman uh, and he, he was great but he be, but by because of the he played him Was I don't know why Lee J Cobb who was 38 when he played him and Dustin Hoffman was older than that, he still walked around like a fragile tailor. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Willie Lohman as that. I think of him as, as a more hale and strong man who is beaten down. And I, I just remember him being not as, but Hoffman's great at everything. So, you know, it's, he's, he's great. He's great.
1: Well, so is Richard kind.
2: Well, you're very this nice. was an
1: hour. We were going to do a half hour. Thank you for this time. This was a thrill. Uh, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. Richard, thank you so very, very much. That was a treat, a pleasure, an honor so thrilled. I felt like we became fast friends there. I really loved everything you had to say. You should do more interviews. You should do a master class of some kind. That was excellent. Thank you so much. That is it for us today. Remember to check us out at talkfor2.com. Subscribe to us in iTunes, Stickter, and Spotify wherever you get your podcasts. Look for Matt Bailey, Talk for two. you will find us. And of course, Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Talk for Two. You can reach out to me at talkfortwocast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to our season sponsors, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Signing off, I'm Matt Bailey, reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two.
0: You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com.